London City Island, a unique and diverse community that exists in London. Now, there are huge benefits that come with living in this 12-acre micro-Manhattan complex. You've got an arts club, curated clubhouse, spa facilities, shops, and home to the English National Ballet and Wood Studio. More than anything, this is a creative hub for all. So, guys, we are back for episode six of the City Island podcast. As yes. yes, absolutely. Time flying. It does indeed. So, for anyone who is just joining us, definitely, like I always say, have a listen back um, to what the whole concept of this actual podcast is about. In a nutshell, City Island has teamed up with the Wood Studio and the Three Bears Entertainment as their artists have been affected by the current crisis, COVID-19. In each episode of the series Home, we're joined by various creatives to raise money and awareness for charities and artists affected by COVID-19. And these said creatives will be sharing their journeys and their Spotify playlists also. On today's episode, we are joined by no other than Du, 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 drum roll, please. <laughs> Donnell Mangena. Welcome. Yes, yes. Yeah. Donnelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> bro. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. So, Donnell, we're here with Pete and Dante. Tell yes, us a little yes. bit about how you met. How we met? Um, I met Dante first, didn't it? Um, I remember... Dante, what was our first session, bro? Um, I think I met Dante... Bro, we've had so many sessions, like, I've, I've, like... Yeah, we met through a, um, an, an A&R, a guy at um, Donnell's label. Yeah! Which guy's uh, doing. <laughs> you know how I remember, bro? It was with, um, I met Dante with um, these guys called... Um, uh, 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 <laughs> Dr. Vades. Dr. Vades, yeah. yeah. And I was Dante wasn't meant to be in a session, and then... Um, and but then I and then it was just a last minute thing, and then mm. I was like, "Who's this Dante guy? Anyway, let's go." He's a no more. Let's just go check it out. And then I went in, had the session. I'm not gonna lie, the song we did was such a vibe, and I think we clicked the first time. And then from there on, I think we had like loads of sessions. I remember telling the label, I was like, "Yeah, that's the guy. Like, I want to work with him more." And then mm. I, and I just went from there. Yeah. So um, and then I met. Pete through Dante and Dante is telling me about how like sick he is and then we went in for a session and yeah man I think in one of our first sessions I think we had like a two week writing camp yeah right and then um yeah and then I remember writing my second single with Pete and Dante in the in the studio it was lit though innit come on man. oh it was so good <laughs> okay because because you had bang like a drum first right that was the first hit with you and Dante right yeah, yeah, I remember that that session very well. I remember going in. I was I was wearing tracksuits because normally when I when I when I started going to studio sessions, <laughs> I would try to dress nice. You understand? But that day, yeah. I was like, oh, like, I'm just going <laughs> going with Dante and OPW and rip bang like a drum. And I remember these guys, yeah. didn't, oh, you need to you need to keep writing stuff like that. I didn't it didn't click at first, and then I heard it back a, like a couple more times, and then. Yeah, that was Band Like a Drum. But, yeah. So good. Both of my singles that are out right now, Dante has been a part of it. It's been awesome. It was really good, man, because it, it, it kind of ticked the box of, I mean, Dante played it to me. That was my first kind of thing hearing you. And I remember it, it was so cool because it gives a shout out to Africa from where you're from. 
And also just, I could hear the, the gel between the two of you, you know, that was so good on the, on the melody lines because I know Dante so well. So I was actually hearing all the melodies going back and forth, which is amazing. So yeah, that, that was a big hit for you, right? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a moment like, um, yeah. But I, it didn't click. I'd, I'd, I'd go to play, I remember there was another session, me and Dante went and played it to um, one of this, in, in this studio called um, Tape, Tape Studios. And played it to one of the mixes there, and he was like, "That's that's mad." And then we had like London, well, Dante, what's their name again? London <laughs> noise. London noise. Yeah. They're doing a lot of K-pop stuff now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been doing K-pop stuff, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then we played it to them, and they were just going mad. And yeah, man, that was that was those were the early signs of like, of, like that showed me like people actually might like the song. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And did it click immediately? Like in in that session, was it a? Did, did did you both feel like okay, this is the one? Yeah, I remember. Like it was a mixture of like different things. It was like the top line itself in general, and then me just doing things because I felt like it on the mic. And then coming, I remember it was like so. Tell the DJ bring that back. And I remember doing it by accident. I looked at <laughs> Dante, and Dante does his fake time. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting, but it's like it's a good thing. You're like, yeah, I know that face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was it was that moment there where I knew I was like, cool, cool. Like this song is could be something real, real nice. Yeah. I'm gonna rewind because um, I when I first met Donnell, like Donnell gave me, um, he gave me like he reminded me so much of my little brother, especially at his age. Um, just because, and even myself when I was when I was Donnell's age. Um, like just because of just his the energy, his a massive nod to Rich Castillo for for just for put, put, putting us together. Because I was just like, who this who this kid? And <laughs> yeah, I was just like this, this guy. Like, um, and Rich sent Rich Castillo, who was over at Polydor at the time, sent me a. A, a clip. He, Rich Castillo, was working on the voice, and he sent me a small clip of Donnell um, performing on stage. And I was just like, "Okay, let me, let, you know, let's get in a room and, and see what happened." And it's funny because Donnell's growth from then till now crazy. has been crazy. But at the time, you had all the little things going on, which he was very, very shy, <clears throat> and it was like, I think it was more a case of like me making sure that you could draw on the things be confident on certain vibes and certain styles and stuff like that you know you know and i i was very very much trying to drum into your head your just how good your pen game was and how much you should like continue to write and i'm just i'm very very proud of you just to see how much you've taken from that what you're doing right now is is is, is dope and it's incredible so um yeah so we'll get into it we'll talk talk about a little bit about the journey and stuff like that in, in a second. Okay, so Danelle, we all know, well, for anyone that doesn't know, you were, you competed in The the Voice 2018. Was that, I mean, how did that come about? Is that something that you've always wanted to do? Um, were you pushed into it? Talk to me. I lied to you, yeah. I had like, one thing I've learned is like, sometimes there's a lot of setbacks. Like, you have to get used to sitting, to receiving moves. Like, I remember when I auditioned for The X Factor and I was like, in year 11 and my dad took me to London and bearing in mind we're two hours away and he took me there bought train tickets and train tickets were mad expensive back then I think it was like 90 pounds for like a train ticket wow. return to London and then um and then yeah so I went auditioned for the X Factor and I 
I, my voice had gone as well because <laughs> I went to a party and I was screaming. <laughs> my friend, <laughs> and I tried to recover in a week and I just, I just about had it, but wasn't really there. And then I went to audition and I sang one song, Hotline Bling, and then they were like, oh, we'll get back to you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, cool, yeah. I mean, I understand the audition process. Like, they always get to you. And then, yeah, so I left it at that. And then, uh, and then, they never came back to me, so I took that as a note. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then that was the first time it kind of hurt. Like every time I'd receive a phone call from my dad when I was in school, I'd expect it to be like the expected to ask you to come. Back. Yeah, of course. And then I was like, cool. And then one day I was driving up to Manchester, and I was like, Dad, should I apply for the voice? And he's like, you can do it. So I think I applied all the way up to Manchester driving. My dad was driving. I can't really apply. I was driving. And I was mm. young, 15, and then I was applying on my phone. I sent them. I was building up my f- my following on Instagram to about 17k when I was in school. Like mm-hmm. every day after school, I come back, make a singing video, put it up, and do my homework before my parents come home in it because I didn't know whether they would take it seriously. But I knew it's what I really want to do. And yeah, and then I sent them one of the videos I used to do, and I put it up. I, I put it up on. I uploaded it onto the onto the internet, and then I sent it to them. And then I got called back, like they said, oh, we'd love for you to come in. And then my dad at this point was like, yo, the X Factor didn't want you. So not in a rude way, but he was at this point, he was thinking like, oh, op- another opportunity will come. Like, Because mm. at the same time, they asked me to come and audition, I think in the same week as my dad was leading up to his 10 year anniversary with my mom. So my dad yeah. uh, stressed, like trying to get this wedding together. And then there's obviously me trying to chase what I want, but I know what's, that's really important for my family and stuff like that. And then, yeah. And then he, he was like, um, you can't go this time, but there'll be another time. I was like, boy, no, nah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, I'm doing this. No, 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 no. So, um, so, so he ended up saying, okay, cool, you can go. And then they, they gave me a date on the last day, like the last audition date in front of the producers. They gave me that. And then I, I wanted to go and then there was no one to take me because you have to go with an eight, someone who's over 18. Yeah. My dad was at work, my mom's at work, my cousins were at work, everything. I had one cousin in London who could take me. So she took me and I went auditioned and then they called me back again and I was 15 at this time. Wow. And then, and I did, I think I must have done two, two auditions before I got called back to actually do the blind audition. And then I ended up doing the blind audition and then, yeah. It was such a lovely audition that man. I remember. I mean, everyone remembers your grandma, you know, just yeah. so sweet. Yes. You, know, you could genuinely <laughs> see like there was so much joy in that show, and when they kind of accepted you, you know. Side note: How is how is grandma now? How's she doing? Yeah, she's vibing, man. She's in zen. Yeah, <laughs> she's vibing. <laughs> she has way more sun than we do, so she's probably loving it. But yeah, man. Okay. That was a special moment, I think, for me and my family because it was one of them ones. It wasn't planned. It wasn't one of them things that's planned. Yeah. The raw, the raw. It's it's not even just my family. It's like that's African families in general, additional families in general. I'm pretty sure even even families in the UK will probably still do the same. But in Africa, it's like that 24 seven. You know, it's it's it's, it's love and it's sharing the love of yeah. the family. So I think that was captured very. In a nice way. It was a special mm. as well. Lovely, just lovely. So, Donnell, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, first of all what what the journey's been like since The Voice. You went onto the show The Voice, 
Yeah. You are on Team Will. Yeah. Will I am, right? He's yeah. your mentor. Yeah. You you don't win the show, uh-huh. but you come you come second on the show. Yeah. Um and what's happened? You released two singles, which I've been a part of, <laughs> which is which is cool. So I've been following your journey pretty cool because obviously we've been in the studio. But apart from that, what else has been going on? Like what's been happening? If I'm being completely honest, it's been a weird thing because you're coming out of a TV show where everyone knows your face. And then now you have to go into the music industry. And what I had to wrap my head around was the music industry and TV industry are two completely different things, even though they, they help each other. So I had to learn that the hard way. I mean, like trying to get played on radio, all that stuff was very hard, getting taken seriously by rappers and the whole thing. I was fortunate to even get swarms on the, on the record and on the band like a drum. But um, yeah, just learning. I think the learning process, and for me as like, me and my faith in God and just my relationship with God, I feel like it's been a trial, a trial process and just learning the whole thing and from um, and just seeing the whole just seeing the whole industry and how it works and learning it because I learned how to grind, like work hard and graft and, and do all these stuff and 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 just to, to DM people like that. Like I've managed to get in touch with people like Major Laser and Mr. Easy just by using my socials and using my socials as some form of CV so that they can yeah. see what I'm about and then they can some they can give me an opportunity to um to to email them and then from email like if I tell you the story about how I like I started speaking to like Walsh Fire from Major Laser and, and Ape Drum <laughs> and you guy in Major Laser. Like I sent them DMs and then they replied and then oh, and then I was like can you give me like they gave me their email or sent them some music some top lines and they came back they were like yo that's fire so like Walshify gave me his number and they've been talking on WhatsApp he's literally just been mentoring me in terms of music and a whole lot on WhatsApp and and the whole range of it so it's been it's been one of them ones where I think oh, okay cool if I didn't do this I wouldn't be in touch with these kind of people like yeah come back to a point where I would, like when Walshie came to the UK, I went to London, I was in a room with like some sick publishers, like Shark Run, the whole, the whole lot, like in the, in the studio and playing them my music and even with Mr. Easy and getting him to help me make some records which aren't released yet, but they're like, like some records I'm really excited about. Yeah, your work aesthetic is amazing. Though. I mean, when we went in for the second single, we did like about 14 tunes, right, Dante? Yeah, I think yes. to get to Planets. And, and yeah. um, I think every day you, you walked in, you brought the exact same energy. You were so up, you were so upbeat. You really wanted to squeeze the best possible like kind of melodies out of everyone, the best kind of work ethic. So I think, you know, you're, you, like you're saying, you're pushing really hard at the moment, but I think you've always been like it. I think it's in your blood. I think you're one of those artists that have like such a great DNA about you, musical DNA. And I think you're going to do really big things too. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, I could not, I could not have said it better myself. So now, lockdown. How has this whole period been for you? Because I suppose from someone who's incredibly active on socials as well and probably outside of that, yeah. what, what have you been doing in this? Like, with, what have you been doing with your time? A lot of stuff, you know. Um, well, that's I, good. <laughs> I've been, I feel like as an artist, it's very important to have a social presence. So yeah. I've been working on, um, on things like working on my uh, TikTok Right. Um, uh, the whole lot because I feel like it's very important to um, 
your presence up on there. And uh-huh. just writing as well, like writing music, uh, drafting ideas, going out with the family, friends, the whole lot, just having a, yeah, just trying to make the most of it. But yeah, TikTok, I'm addicted to TikTok, man. I feel like... Oh, right, okay. We're a platform as well, and it's like one of them ones where, yeah, I was told to jump on it, and like, I've got a decent amount of, of, yeah. of following on there just to keep my presence up. And yeah. So you've been active on lockdown, which is which is brilliant. Have you found what have you found incredibly difficult in this time, and what have you learned? I think being in the same house every day, yeah. Like imagine just having a little brother who just wants to play all the time, and yeah, and you have to. Oh, how old's your little brother? He's seven. Okay, he's, he's cool. He's cool. He's not annoying, but it's just like sometimes you know. Yeah, he requires your attention. Yeah, or like everyone requires your attention. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, as in like everyone like expects you to like. I'm still, I'm, I'm still a son, so my mom mm-hmm. to my chores. Yeah. Yes. I have to play with my little brother, and then I have to do my stuff, and then I have to. It's, it's, a, it's quite a few things. That's something you have to learn to juggle because it's like mm. day. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's fun. Like it's it's fun. Apart from that, it's fun, but. Main struggle is just being indoors the whole day was was getting tough until they start relaxing the lockdown rules. So now, so what's going to be your charity of choice for this podcast? Uh, my charity of choice is Alanton Children's Hospital. Um, I have been their ambassador, and it's really cool to um support those kind of people and to just show that and to inspire because I love inspiring young people. And it's mm-hmm. been- Children's Hospital and just giving hope and and helping people to, to, to smile, I think it's important. Fantastic. So how did you hear about City Island itself? I heard about City Island because I remember asking Dante, like, bro, where'd you live? This <laughs> 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 place, man. You should come check it out. You should come check it out. We've got some studios and stuff. I was like, ah, oh, say no more. Let me come check it out. And then ended up having um an opportunity to perform on the London Sea Island. Um I think it's, it was it was a sick event. I remember inviting some of my friends to come down and watch, and and I got to perform like a quick set, and it was just lit. Like even mm. the spirit is just on a different level, and it made me want to live there myself. And the, yeah, bruv, the houses are nice. You get me? Like it's nice. You The houses are lit. So that's one thing I like about London Sea Island as well. The community, yeah. Yeah, community spirit is very nice. Like, everyone's chill, everyone's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bro. And it's just sick how it's like, there's, there's even, like, house, like, there's there's blocks of flats around and then there's just, like, a centre bit where you can just walk in and it looks like a mini park and, and it's designed very sick. Yeah. yeah. So it basically feels like home, even though it's not. Yeah, mm. I could be, you know. Come on, fam. Dante's <laughs> gonna plug it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing bad. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so Donnell performed at our event last year that we did, and he performed a, a set. I invited him to perform, and he 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 killed it. Tore it down last year for for July. Like, yeah, he literally called me like that that morning. He was like, "Do you wanna perform?" I was like, "Say no more." <laughs> 
he was good and, <laughs> and and um he's always he's always a part of obviously everything that we do we we you know um so he's come down he's rehearsed at the woods he's at the studios yeah. and he's got so many supporters on the island now like so many people just like oh what's happening with that? <laughs> got fans. he's got fans he's got fans so <laughs> so we're, we're we're looking forward to having you back on the island as well come down to the woods as well do some things and also when we when we go around um we're in a new room by the way that pete's in 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 the matrix oh yes, yes. I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> you guys can't see it on video, but it's a it's a really cool room, and it's been taken. It, there was only two people ever in here, so it was Jeremy Weekly who did Sugar Babe stuff. A lot of amazing mix, and then it was Fraser T. Smith. I was going to say that. Yeah, and you then know, I've I just taken it over, so it's really good, man. I saw the Ed Sheeran and Stormzy and Rich B. Two. Um, yeah, there's a lot of history in this room. Like Adele's recorded here. Everything. Wow. So I'm very excited, man. It's, we're going to do good things in here, definitely. So, um, Donnell, um, tell me a little bit about um, what you have planned for the rest of the year. Coming out of lockdown, um, uh, what, what, what's happening? What, what's happening for you? Uh, there's some cool stuff. Like, I was talking about social media presence, right? And um, obviously, like that's led on to some cool opportunities, like the Mr. Easy opportunity, like um, even like me signing a publishing deal. So, yes, congratulations on that, bro. Congrats, Thank you, bro. But um, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool though. Like it's 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 like one thing signing a publishing deal, but it's another thing signing with people that are, you know, that that are that have done some cool stuff, like the likes of um, John Platt in the US, who's done yeah. like signed a lot of people with Jay-Z he's worked with Jay-Z for a year and the whole lot so I feel like it's cool for the people like that to notice my talent and to notice my abilities and I have, this is literally the first public platform I've literally spoke about it on but wow, yeah great. and um, yeah and people like Max Goose shout out Max Goose and he's he's Sweetie's manager so he's yes, uh, I, I know Max Goose very well. I worked yeah, with Max. both of us. Yeah, yeah, we we both worked with Max Goose. Um, yeah, he's a good guy. Well, what, what have you worked with Max on? What have you worked with him on? Okay, so Max Goose, um, Max Goose, Max Goose signed a guy called Kieran Elaine. Um, yeah, I in, in, in America, and it's like it's weird because I, I did a lot of Kieran's singles and myself and Pete, and um, he came in. And he's met Pete as well. And Max is everywhere, man. Max is Max yeah. is the guy. He's he's from B two K to Beyonce. He's he's yeah. been doing. He's been he's been in the game for a while. I remember the first time I I hit him. He he basically um, I sent him a backtrack and and he sent me a thumbs up going, "This is for Beyonce." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" Uh-huh. And then he actually managed me for about a year as well, and just got me in with some crazy people. And I said, "He's a good guy, really good guy." Yeah. He. He basically saw me on Instagram. Someone sent him my Instagram, and then and we met. Like he was like, "I want to meet this guy." He got someone to, to get in touch with me, and then we, we met. And we met at these studios, like, and then he just he was like, "Bro, like, I want to sign your publishing." Like, he literally, literally, he was literally like, he knows what he wants. Yeah, he's got a great ear. Very good. So our next guest, now you have already met. Tell us a little bit about how that occurs. Oh, uh, the f- the actual first time we met was um, 
the Brentford project and we were doing, I think I was on stage, I did a rehearsal, I walked in. I was like, these guys look cool, fam. Who are these? And then, yeah, and then we spoke and then I think we went for some breakfast slash brunch kind of situation. And then yeah, I spoke. Yeah, man, I, I'm a fan of them. Yes. So they're coming, up, they're coming up right after you, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Danelle, thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Danelle. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much, man. My name is Danelle and this is my City Island podcast. Angels and Bandits, welcome. We have Angel, Reese, Frankie and Ellie. Firstly, I want to ask you guys, how did the name come about? Well, it actually started in a WhatsApp group chat. We were all just throwing names about. <laughs> yeah, just picking and choosing which ones we like the most. And then it was Angels v Bandits. And then we changed it to N Bandits because we thought that was a bit more. Yeah, a bit we well, otherwise, it yeah. sounds like we're competing yeah. and obviously we're all on the same team. So yeah. That's what we got. Oh, that's nice, Frankie. I see. And how did the band actually come together? Was this an organic process where you put together? We, yeah, well, we were at the same Saturday performing art school and we were just all in the same classes and then we sort of just met all each other. I wasn't. And I went to pick up my little sister and I got pulled into a room <laughs> and to just sing. told to sing. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I've, I've never, never done anything like that before. Yeah. I loved acting, but I was just told to sing. Me yeah. and him went to the same primary school. We hated each other. Yeah, me and Frankie were known each so, other for like, like 12 years. Yes. Yeah, and yet originally we hated each other because basically Long story short, I basically stole his best friend. Oh like my god! And then he got really annoyed, and then he didn't like. And me now you're my best mate. So what about? Oh. <laughs> so guys, one by one, could you just introduce yourself and a little bit about yourself? My name is Frankie. I'm 18, and uh, yeah, that's my. <laughs> um, my name is Ellie, and I'm 15. I'm Angel, and I'm 16. And we are also missing AJ, who is part of the band. Who is she 17? Is 17. A- another Angel. That's yeah. Nice. Wow. wow. You're making me feel incredibly old. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going on. So look, you as I mean, that's actually that's a good little lead up to what I was going to ask you. You guys are, I mean, incredibly young, which is which is great. What does it feel like knowing that you guys are role models for the younger generation coming through? It's, it's such. A, it's a good feeling because I got I got younger siblings as well. So it's just nice to know that you're having a good impact on the younger generation. And just hoping mm-hmm. that they can just kind of stay in the right lane. Because obviously mm-hmm. there's so many social media, I think, as well. Now it just yeah. kind of, there's two paths you can go down. And I think in life you go down a good path or a bad path. And I think we can help people try and make the right decisions. Yeah. So we just want to use our platform like as best we can to spread awareness and love. And, love. and inspire yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and um, what do you, what's your most memorable moment i mean this is probably for this is a question for each of you individually I mean, <laughs> no question no question it's got to be being blessed enough to be able to for, perform last year at glastonbury and Such, well this year oh, we I'll are even, about that, actually that's my next question yeah <laughs> we are just we are blessed this year as well we was put onto the highlights of the avalon stage so we at are on the highlights this year for glastonbury so very privileged yeah. each and, stage uh, has a has one act that's been like nominated and yeah. chosen. So yeah, we were the Avalon. Yeah, and season. also as well, this year we were able to start our first ever UK tour. Yes. Oh, come on, G. Come on, G. Called the Ultimate Boy Band Tour. Lockdown did um, 
put that on pause, but we are resuming in August and just gas to get back. So on. excited, yeah. yeah. All days on our website, Angels and Bandits. www.angelsandbandits.com. So, so Glasto, guys, huge achievement. How did that all come about? So yeah, so it was basically, it's funny enough, it was actually at my school, we did a performance there, like this fair thing, and one of the organisers for the Avalon stage at Glastonbury was there, Lisa Prickerin, and yeah, so she just sort of saw our performance and then talked to our manager and um, sorted things out, and then we went to Glastonbury in school uniform. It was like three weeks before Glastonbury. Yeah, it was literally, like, we, it was so late notice. I literally called, because obviously we had to get everything organised, so we didn't know, because I couldn't, I couldn't sort of James tell the band yet. The yeah, exactly. And I couldn't tell the band yet. And so it was like the rest of the band anyway. And so I called them up separately and they were all just screaming yeah. on the phone, like crying. I was, so I, was, I was doing homework when I found out. I just threw my pen across yeah. the room. And also, I had to leave an exam early. Yeah, so did, so did I, yeah. yeah. So I had like my grades... early. It was yes. not three minutes <laughs> early, it was like 20 minutes early. It was no, like three I... Minutes. I picked him up from outside <laughs> school. I had to do my grade seven like music exam, and so I literally had to say, "Look, can I leave early? Like, I've got to go to Glastonbury." And he, he, like, he thought I was joking. Like, he thought he was kidding. I was like, "No, I actually do need to go." Like, he's like, "Can I leave a bit early?" But you know, I got there in the end. But and yeah, the I had performance to, was absolutely it was incredible. Oh, yeah, it was. It was so like crazy. the tent like flooded out. with people. Yeah, so it was crazy. Out, like, it was not disheartening, but it was like there was no one there. And then we stopped after the second song, everywhere, like this whole yeah. tent filled everyone out. Yeah, everyone was vibing. Outside of the tent was filled out. It was, it was just nice. so surreal to see so that people vibing to your music. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> On other memorable moments, Angel, did you not perform for the Queen? I, yeah, I did. So, yeah. No, so she basically <laughs> came to my, yeah, because that happens normally. <laughs> um, she basically came to open my school's music school which is now called the yeah. Queen Elizabeth Music School. Yeah. And yeah, because I had, yeah, and I was chosen out of basically the whole school, plus I think three other sick formers. And I was only like year, I think 10 at this point. So it was like, oh my crazy. gosh, like, it's crazy. So I, so I was the singer and then everyone else had like a different instrument. And she came around and then the guards were there and it was really scary. And <laughs> she like, you said hello. No, we were basically told and like, we had to do a full rehearsal on how we did it <laughs> and like, it's like told what to do, like how to name her. So you can, you can call her, you have to say your majesty first and then you can call her ma'am after. And you have to like curtsy her in the right way. And it's, oh my God, it's so nervous. Yeah, I've messed that up. Like, so how did you guys meet Dante and P? Legends. So Jane has known, our manager, has known Dante for years. 10 years. So yeah, 10 years yeah. she said. So it's kind of just come through Jane really, our yeah. manager and then it's, <laughs> Yeah, and we were lucky enough to rehearse here at the woods yeah, so a couple of times. Yeah. And but I think we as a band, I think we first met Dante at the Brentford project. Yeah, yeah. It was around about this time last year we was able to form there. Because uh, yeah, Jane is Jane is known Dante for ages. Oh, just over a year. Well, that, that was a sick performance. Hey. It was a sick event. Amazing, yeah, man. Um yeah, as I said, yeah, I met these guys. Um I've I've known Jane Collins who looks after who manages Angels and Bandits, and she's um, a legend in the game. Been doing management for 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 for, for a minute, um, and I've been working in and out. We, you know, me and Jane work, work collab on a few things, and um, Jane actually owned the company that one of my previous managers was working for. So we've we, we've we've got some 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 good history. 
and um, Jane's put together a, a group called The Wanted. She's she's also one of the founders, people who put together the Saturdays as well. So Jane's well versed. So when she she said she got this new project that she wanted me to be a part of, I was just like, okay, yeah, let's let's see. I was like, okay, and um, and I heard some stuff, and I was just like, okay, these guys. And I've actually come down and seen them rehearse a few times. I'm very in tune with their growth, um, where they're going. And um, I think these guys are going to be big one day. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah, man. Good to have you back at the woods officially, right? So the the woods is basically for season two, bringing all the guests into the studio for um, the next podcast. Now, obviously, because of COVID nineteen and the lockdown, which we're going to ask you about in a second, no one's been able to come into the studios. Now, you are the first, officially, the first guest recording a podcast in the actual room. Come on, G. That is a blessing. Yeah, so that that's definitely a first. I mean, obviously, these times are crazy for everybody. How have you guys spent your time during lockdown? So, obviously, we've been apart, sadly. Yeah, it's been hard. We've been technically not apart because we've been talking to each other, FaceTime, Snapchat, group chats, etc. Every day, which is good. Same in contact. Obviously, it is hard because it's so much better when you're in person and rehearsing and stuff. So it's hard to kind of keep on the ball. But it's a lot easier to rehearse together because you know spacings for everyone Spacing. and, you know, yeah. so it's, yeah. But the thing is, it's boosted our social media so much because yeah. that has been our platform where we can put ourselves out there. So that is what yeah. we focus on It's allowed so us much. more time to, like, interact with fans. Fans yeah. and things, yeah. yeah. Creative. So I just think the free time actually has been a blessing. Obviously, it's a blessing and a curse, but... I just think we need to look at the positives. Uh, Turn a negative yeah. into a positive. We're trying to be as productive as possible. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my question was similar. I'm just going to say, you know, 15 to, is it 15 to 17? 15 to 18. 18. So 15, yeah, 15 to 18. That's like crucial adolescent times. I mean, had this yeah. pandemic have kicked off when I was your age, I would have gone mental. I've <laughs> gone crazy. So what have you guys learned from this process? I've, I reckon for me um, to spend my time a lot more productively, like being at home, I've because um, my mum's a key worker. So I've been trying to do as much around the house, um, like cooking mm-hmm. dinners and stuff. But even like being more active on social media, mm-hmm. um, spending more time actually speaking to fans and creating a bond with yeah. them. It's so much easier when you see mm-hmm. them in person, you can be more comfortable. Yeah, it's, it's definitely taught me as well, like don't take spending time with everyone like for granted like advantage of it because literally we're used to like seeing each other once like once a week even more than that i know that frank and ellie live near each other so they always got to see each other and stuff but um now we literally can't because we're in lockdown and i live in somerset so there's no way we can even like meet up social distancing wise so as a whole it's just made me realize how privileged we are as as a band as kids because there is kids in the world that literally don't have nothing yeah and i think it's just yeah making us like even my just staying at home like i'm bored at home yeah. there's some kids mm. that don't, don't have, have what i have at home yeah no i was just listening like, to lbc it's just well. it's made me realize that you should appreciate yeah. your life a lot more yeah and show that any yeah. anything can happen at any moment exactly, exactly. so well going. you guys are an incredibly talented bunch what is up next for angel and bandits ep and yes. tour oh, yeah. obviously corona has uh spoiled our 
cancelled our first, <laughs> not cancelled, paused our first ever UK tour, and but that has been rescheduled for August. Again, all the dates on our website, Angels and Bandits. You missed something out. So we've been doing, we've been lately over the past year, we've been kind of working out a TV. In the process of in the TV process shows. Of trying to work something out and just trying to figure out where to, like what platform to put us yeah. forward and stuff. But um, yeah, so just trying to wait now just for when it all comes and we can. Yeah. So a lot of things are in process. Yeah. yeah, TV series and finishing off our EP. Yeah, getting ready for tour. So busy then. Yeah, yeah very, busy. very busy. So guys, what's going to be your charity of choice for this podcast? So our charity of choice is going to be Suicide Prevention um, Charity. So it's called Happy Russ Suicide Prevention Charity. And sort of the reason why we've sort of chosen this is because unfortunately, I think a bit more than a year ago now, um, one of our band, our bandmates and one of our best friends um, sadly committed suicide. Um, she was only 16, so it was yeah, it was a very big shock. So it's just very close to all of our hearts. So we just thought that we was the best. We just want to prevent it from yeah. from happening to the rest of the world. I mean, Raise because awareness. mental health is such a serious thing, and me as a young man, it's just so hard to talk out sometimes. But you have to, you need to talk about it because when you are feeling down, there is people that can help, and a lot of people sometimes mm-hmm. bottle things up. And I just think we yeah. Wanna, just kind of help us to help the cause and help the situation. Yeah, no, that's incredible. You guys are going to be asked to put together a playlist um, that is going to go out to Spotify on the day that you guys, well, the weekend that your podcast airs. What can we expect from the playlist? What are you guys doing? What's on? Vibes. Yeah, but we listen to, everyone listens to, it depends like, what I mood listen we're to in. all genres of yeah, music. There's not one say. genre I listen to. So, mm. just, so mm. just expect all genres. It kind of it kind of depends. With the playlist I have now, it kind of depends on the mood I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Normally, I'm, normally I'm like the happiest person ever, so I'll have such like upbeat songs, but everyone gets like yeah. the time where they just want to listen to sad music. Yeah, literally. But yeah, it kind of ranges. I have playlists so for everything. Songs. Like every literally. mood I'm in, I have playlists. Like I have good vibes one and then bad vibes bad one. Vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I usually name Bad vibes. I don't have no bad vibes playlist. Yeah. So I've got, got a Reese playlist, which is just any songs that I like. That just got shows your personality, doesn't it? Yeah. Vibes. Reese playlist. Yeah, I have my workout playlist. And so, yeah. So, are you, you guys mentioned Afrobeats. You listen to a lot of Afrobeats? Yeah, oh, 100%. Right now, yeah. all of us. Burner Boy. Burner Boy. Yeah, yeah Burner's crazy. Burner Boy, right. Mr. Easy. Yeah, crazy. Cold. Burner's my favourite artist at the minute, I think. So it sounds like genre-wise, everything minus classical and maybe heavy metal. Everything else you might have. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I, might, I might throw in a heavy metal song. Just gonna back it up. So I've, I've obviously seen you guys perform and I know that that's something that you guys take very seriously. You guys have been rehearsing all the time. Um, so are you guys trying to do more? Do you want to do some more? Are you? Are you? Because like you mentioned the talk, and you mentioned some other things happening. Um, when? When does it start? And if? Where can listeners find dates? Yeah. So our tour uh, rescheduled dates are, is in August. The exact dates you can find on our website www.angelsandbandits.com um, for the exact dates. But yes, yeah, in August. So guys, how did you hear about City Islands? So our manager, Jane, um, has known Dante for a very long time. She's known him for about like 
10 years or something like that, um, probably a bit longer. So when obviously he opened the studios up, she was like, oh, we've got this like great place, you know, come down and like see it and things. And it's in Seti Island and stuff. And it was like, i not going to lie, I really did think we were gonna, like going to an island. You know, so. yeah, but it kind of is. You cross the bridge. You can't understand. You're on your like, own island. I thought we were going to an yeah, island, well, but no, we, did, we didn't. Yeah, but so there's <laughs> a great rehearsal space in the woods, and we've been using it recently for our rehearsals yeah. for our tour. Yeah. So, so, yeah, no, so we've done all the rehearsals. Everyone that's had us here, thank you for having yeah. us. It's an amazing studio as well. Yeah, yeah and the, the area is in. Yeah, the area is sick. We're so seeing. Good. I'm seeing that some sick gym. Yeah. Some heat. The river pool. I'm seeing that. Well, we might have to jump in the pool. Yeah, we're, we're even we're even thinking of getting a little um like like apartment <laughs> space to do like the recording and no stuff way. maybe here. Very yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. By the way, guys, we're doing yeah. Crazy. What well, so you decided to tell us now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 last <minute>. Very <laughs> Sorry. Until last minute. But yeah. Angels and bandits. Thank you so much for joining us on our final podcast of this series. Thank you so much for Thank having us. Thank you so much for having it's us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, the future is looking very promising for you, so all the best. Oh, thank, thank you so much. much. Thank you. Hi, we are Angels and Bandits, and this is our City Island podcast. Woo! Podcast team, Dante and Pete, it's the end of episode six wow. and the end of the series. Can you believe it? Yes. It's been I such a pleasure, not. man. It really has. It's flown by, but I would like to personally thank thank you all for not only bringing some amazing and super talented guests on, but for the hours that go into the post-production and <laughs> editing that you guys do. So massive thank you to you guys. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate job. it. It's been yes. such a pleasure having you on, man. It really has. A few shout outs to all the guests that we've had on this, this series, right from Dalton Harris, um, Kagi Dunlop, um, Sarah Wolf. Angels and Bandits, Anna Wolf, <laughs> Robin M, Donnell. Crazy, yeah. we've, crazy. We've, we've had some amazing guests on the show and um, we hope to see you for series two.